Yo, what up, podcast? Welcome back to another episode of the Mind Body Garden Show. Uh, today, I'll be doing a deep dive on an episode uh, with my brother Adam Neff, who is a body built, natural bodybuilder, uh, personal trainer, and you know, basically just super obsessed with fitness, nutrition, just anything that has to do with optimizing the body. So, we really did a deep dive today, uh, talking about you know, how the coronavirus has affected us. You know, I'm sure everybody has heard everything about everything up to now. Um, but, but we kind of go into more detail about how it's affected, you know, specific things such as, you know, our fitness, you know, how we're approaching workouts and basically what you can do, um, to optimize your workouts, even during this crazy time. Um, so hope you enjoy the episode. If you have any questions for us, feel free to drop a comment or call into the station. Uh, but hope you enjoy. Boom. We're good. We're recording. Man, Zoom is the shit, apparently. Yeah, Zoom's tight. Zoom is the way to fucking go. Damn. All right, so I guess we're live then. Are you recording? Just started. Nice. All right, what's up, everybody? Uh, we're sitting here today on the podcast. It is me and my brother, Adam Neff. Um, so we're just going to get into, uh, get a quick little podcast in. It's been forever that we've been talking about it running. You know, I know he just started his podcast. I've been doing mine for a while. Um, but you know, just wanted to get on here and, uh, get something rolling. So what's up, Adam? How's it going, Danny? Pretty thanks good. For having me on. Yeah. Thanks for having me on your show too. Probably. <laughs> yeah. This is my second podcast. I did one a couple couple months ago but just haven't gotten around to it but now that we're living the quarantine lifestyle yeah dude i know i'm like using so many different things now it'll obviously just down download zoom and yeah this is uh this is way better than doing it any other way yeah i've been using like microsoft teams a lot like at work and that's pretty cool too just because it's like the i mean it's pretty much exactly like this it's you know a little bit different maybe but yeah but yeah, just making making things work in the era of the quarantine. Yeah, I know. I've had a couple of clients that I've done FaceTime sessions just using my my cell phone, putting it up there and and uh training people at their office or their house. It's for real. Different. Yeah. It's weird. Like FaceTime sessions then? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I'll like, you know, anchor bands to my door and like take them through some of the workouts and just to have them message me beforehand and let me know like what kind of equipment they have. But right. It's, it's still just so weird. I know it's crazy. Well, plus it's like, you know, we got another month to go probably, or at least I guess. And then, yeah, yeah I don't know, man, but at least you're able to still keep doing stuff. And like, that's the beautiful mm. thing is like, it's forcing people to actually use the internet and like take advantage of everything that you've been given. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like most people, you know, they like miss their family and stuff and they've been using like, you know, Google Hangouts and Zoom and all these other apps to see their family. And they're like, holy crap, this is so nice. And right. they never actually take advantage of it, you know, during normal see. Right. Yeah. People are like so scared to adopt technology. So it's like kind of nice to see that it's, uh, I don't know, like it's, it's the last resort, but it's like, you know, actually I think I remember like when you you told you kind of made me realize like the difference that like cell phones and like the internet made um because i can't i think it was probably in like six you were probably in like sixth grade and you're just like look, i don't know you're just like dude you can just look it up on your phone and just figure anything out that you want and it just yeah. like opened my mind because i'm like holy shit literally anything you want to do like there's no excuse and then you know if you have questions further that the internet doesn't answer you can just reach out to people who are on the internet who know all the answers and they're like bound to help you with it. Right. Exactly. That's the cool thing. You gotta be careful where to go. Cause I always like, <laughs> but I'm like desperately trying to find answers. Like I'm, I was trying to learn how to code. And so I was stumbling on like the stupidest, smallest things. And then realized I didn't even need to go through all those initial steps that I went through. But like, I got on like Reddit and tried to ask questions and people fucking rip you on there. Cause they're like, Oh, yeah. this has already been asked. You're stupid. You're fucking idiot. Yep. Yep. Reddit and Reddit is, is weird. There's, I didn't realize there was such a community on Reddit that just, you know, it's just, it's a, the forum yeah. for questions about, you know, whatever it is, brands or, yeah, 
occasions or it's weird. I, I, it's, it is a weird place too. Cause like, I feel like it's like the most cynical place on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, even more so than Twitter. Like Twitter is just for rage. Reddit's for cynicism. Facebook's for rage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Instagram's like to show, to cult, you know, curate your life into what you think or you what know. you want it to look like. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, but anyways, yeah, I guess we're just been kind of rambling on here, but just, uh, I think maybe the, be- the most, the best place to start would be like, we can just go into, like a little bit of our origin stories like obviously you know we're brothers we've known each other for our lifetime but um just to like give people some context like you know so i'm almost three years older than adam almost to the day um i was born on june 27th he was born on the 21st and let's see so we've been pretty close our whole lives um but adam why don't you just like walk through like let's see, I'm trying to think like what you do right now with Lyft and, you know, your uh, job or career or whatever. And then just like walk through maybe like what led you down that path, like through your life. Yeah. Uh, so I guess really the, I, I began training when I was 11, 12 years old, you know, when dad was doing body for life, uh, he was doing body for life. Uh, and, you know, he was probably 35, 36. So seeing that when I was growing up, I remember being six years old up to 11 years old, uh, seeing him do that. And, you know, he's regimented with his diet and protein shakes and doing all of that. And then, uh, you know, you started to get into lifting for football and track and all of that. So once I got into high school, that's when I realized like that, weight training was more of my thing than the actual sport was. Uh, yeah. And then when I got into college is when I got into natural bodybuilding. Uh, and then my second year of college is when I got into working with general population. So I started training people who were professors at, at Wright state, Mm -hmm. uh, just more general population type people. And then I got involved with adapted recreation. So I worked with people with disabilities, uh, like cerebral palsy and stuff like that. So I took them through uh, workouts at Wright State, which was pretty cool because Wright State's like top 1% when it comes to accessibility for people with disabilities. So yeah. they had a bunch of equipment in the gym that, you know, the seats would, would actually pull up, slide out so that people could use their wheelchair and get in. Oh yeah. I, I remember that. Like when, like yeah, when I came down to lift and stuff, like, so I'm like, Whoa, what's going on with all this? Yeah. Like this, every piece of equipment was like custom made, you know, they're wow. huge pieces so they can fit, you know, wheelchair sizes in there. That's crazy. And, uh, so then That's after awesome. working with people with dis- disabilities, I also did uh, strength conditioning. So I was an intern at the uh, Wright state strength conditioning facility. So I got to work with, uh, you know, there was no football there, but uh, they only had a club football team that didn't yeah. didn't train there. But they had uh, baseball, basketball, swimming, tennis, track and field, and you know a couple other odd sports here and there. But that was really Basketball's cool. Pretty solid when they were when you were there, I think. Yeah, yeah, and their baseball team. They had a oh yeah bunch of people that went to uh, the higher ranks, but damn. Uh, then after what I got, you got there, that, uh, what you got there, I have, uh, my little hydration drink. Every oh, morning. Nice. I put, uh, propel electrolytes, uh, filtered water and, uh, squeeze a lemon in there. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Fancy. My hydration, uh, every morning along with my coffee, which I just sip kind of throughout the, out the morning and mid afternoon. Yeah. Nice. So what did you, uh, I guess just to cut you off here for a second, what did you like the most like of, of what you had done up to that point then? Uh, um, I like the one on one probably the most, but I liked training more of the athletic uh, client versus the general population. And then now that I've gotten more into programming and physique stuff through in one education, I like to work with people who just have, you know, body composition goals or goals that are similar to mine. Yeah. And it keeps things more interesting having uh, 
programming knowledge that I can take somebody through different phases like metabolic and hypertrophy and strength training. And even though they're different types of programming, it's pretty cool to have somebody who, you know, wants fat loss, but then they can cycle through all these different phases. And as a coach, it keeps me entertained as well because it's not just the same monotonous thing time and time again. And I can make, get people results quicker that way too. Right. Right. So what's in one or in one education or whatever. In one education. Uh, so they do training certifications, biomechanics, mm. um, and programming. And then they have in one training, which is more just about uh, execution of the movements and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, the in one education was the place uh, I went down into Texas for the practical for three days. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's so. cool. Yeah. Cause that was the, cause you, you had kind of like implemented some of that stuff when we, when I came down and lifted that one time at uh, yeah. crunch. Yep. Yeah. And I was dying. So like, what's the difference between that and like, just like a regular, like, you know, high rep kind of workout that people would typically do. Cause I, I feel like that's what pe- people typically do. Like, Oh, three sets of 10 or 12. Yeah. Just call it like that, you know? So essentially the, what they, what they claim is, is that you, if you're, let's just say your goal was to build muscle, then you're going to be in primarily more of the hypertrophy focused programs and that's contractile uh, muscle tissue hypertrophy. So it'd be like mechanical damage or volume based uh, programs. Uh, But then once your body starts to become accustomed to those programs, that's when you switch it to uh, a metabolic stimulus or a neurological stimulus based on what you need to work on and it's going to further potentiate your ability to gain muscle in the future or uh, improve body composition or whatever your goal might be. Yeah. So what's the difference between like metabolic and uh, neurologic, I think is what you said. So just as a, uh, an easy description, that would be the difference between neurological and metabolic would be metabolics more like maybe you have, three exercises and they're back to back to back and that's maybe three sets of eight eight and 15 reps yeah no rest between uh so that would be an oxidative stress protocol uh and this is a higher glucose uptake so you need higher carbohydrates when you're doing that uh versus something like a strength training program might be uh three sets of four with a three minute rest period. Whereas the eight, eight, 15 in the metabolic phase was only 60 seconds rest. Right. So, so, you, so you're saying that like the, the power lifting stuff is like the neurological. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's what I kind of fibers thought. per muscle units per fiber or whatever. And uh, it, it transfers so that you're able to recruit more muscle fibers when you go back to a hypertrophy training program. Mm. And then, so, so you're, what you're saying though, is that you're like incorporating like, uh, changes to your diet and modifications along with that. So that's pretty, like yep. pretty far advanced as far as, um, yeah. training. But at the same time, I also have online clients and people that I work with that, you know, they don't want to change their nutrition when they change a training program. Right. Uh, and some people don't need to change their training program. Maybe they just do it for pure functionality versus like wanting to have the best body composition that they personally that they possibly could have so yeah yep good deal then so, it's, it's also kind of cool for me because it's like i can work some of those things into people people's yeah. programs who you know they don't want to be all that crazy about it but they can still benefit from you know a little bit more of the metabolic based training yeah cool good deal so so I guess beyond that then, so what are you, what are you up to now? So now that I've been in quarantine for three and a half years, <laughs> almost three weeks now, I think. Really? Has yeah. it been that long? I think so. Um, I'm like, I, I have truly lost track. Let's see. I think it was the 16th. So yeah. one, two, yeah. Three weeks tomorrow. Wow. Uh, so what I've been doing recently is trying to get into a routine. Uh, it's been kind of difficult, right? Given the circumstance, but so what, what are you doing though? Like, cause I, I guess where we left off, I think was, we didn't get into like where you're working at now and like what's gone on since the coronavirus. Oh uh, yeah. So right now I work down the street at Sensi 360 fitness. Um, 
but like I said, quarantine. So we yeah. had to stop training about three weeks ago. And, um, cause you guys are like the first ones that even got like kind of cut, right? Yeah. Yeah. Restaurants, yeah. bars and, yeah. and gyms. So right now I'm making training programs for people online, uh, yeah. just via Google sheets. And then I explain, you know, the training programs with audio clips. And then I have met a couple of clients down at, uh, some parks around Cincinnati and trained them. Nice. Uh, so I have some bands and, and, uh, like TRX straps. And I just bought some dumbbells that go up to 30, 35 pounds a piece. So nice. that would be nice for, for those clients that do want to stay in shape. Um, and then doing the virtual sessions as well. So cool. Yeah. Are you, uh, yeah, I feel like people are just like nonstop looking for fitness stuff to do because they're just like so bored and they're like, yeah, I mean, you can only do so much. You can't go out and walk really or do anything like that. So like yeah, people are so trying to just burn up energy. I feel like if are you, you are like one an of those, uptick and people reaching out to you kind of not really. And I think yeah. the reason is because some of my, my programming is just so specific. Yeah. You kind of have to like have the equipment and stuff. People are kind of just freestyling it right now. Yeah. Uh, in accordance to what's like available to them. Yeah. But if you are one of those people that are looking for, you know, gym equipment or bands or weights or anything, just check Facebook marketplace. That's nice. you know, the quickest and easiest way to do it. My opinion. Yep. Nice. Um, good deal. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Like with, uh, what are you doing for your workouts now that like Corona, are you shut down pretty much or? Uh, so luckily for me, I can go into the gym, still train, nice. but, uh, the last week, uh, I just finished a five week training program and I was pretty beat up. So taking seven days to actually do workouts outside. Cool. And when the, you know, the weather is actually nice, but Did it rained today down there. Yeah. It's pouring. It is freaking pouring today. <laughs> yeah. But yesterday we went down, there's this like train station, uh, maybe like half a mile from us. Mm-hmm. Went down there and, and brought my prime fitness handles and got a daisy chain, put it on one side, put a daisy chain on the other side, did like TRX rows and curls and stuff like that. Nice. Uh, just out in the sun, just kind of enjoying it, playing around. Yeah. For the time being. So just kind of like a nice deload. I mean, it's almost like yoga, kind of like it sounds like. Yeah. And then, you know, do, I did a five week training program. It was just like, kind of a mix between neuro and volume based. Uh, and then this week doing like a deload with slightly metabolic. So I'm getting a little bit more of the cardiovascular aspect, hmm. muscular conditioning. Nice. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. I, uh, I was like, I, I've been kind of like hit or miss on my workouts. Well, like obviously I had like the thing with freaking the, uh, plumbing issue <laughs> yeah, yeah sewer backup so after uh which it wasn't that bad like it could have been so much worse like stories that they were telling me and like that like my boss told me at work about stuff he's had happen and yeah dude but anyways so after they like cleaned all that it like took kind of a while for that smell to get out of there because i'm not like going to go down there when there's like a chemical you know yeah. a commercial chemical cleaner and it's like you know it had to be done but uh but now it's good to go. So I hit some chest the other day, chest, shoulders, try or yeah, chest, shoulders, tries mainly. No, I hit them all. Yeah. But, uh, doing some back and biceps today. Yeah. But, nice. yeah I was, I've been doing like you, I've been going outside and like just doing like push ups and yeah. Uh, I've seen yoga. a bunch of people do, uh, like gardening workouts. Like oh they're yeah. On their garden doing workouts. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like you I, should do I, one of those. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. And I'm like, man, freaking by the time I'm now that I got everything done, because it was like enough of a workout just putting everything back together, you know. Yeah. What I did was like I ripped my whole garden apart. You know, I have root pouches, so it's like these fabric pots. Um, I had like 250 of them full of soil, and they were wet from all the rain and all the snow. <laughs> Pulled them all out of the garden. And you know, I had to I walked like 12,000 steps that day. So, Dang. you know, carrying with, yeah, 20 with uh, extra load. Yeah. 20 to 40 wow. pounds the whole time. My freaking traps, like my <laughs> back was so sore. Like I just came in and like took a shower and just went to sleep like immediately. <laughs> Cause I was out there for like six hours. Cause I like, so I pulled them all out. 
um, ripped up all the ground cover, ripped, you know, dumped everything out, raked everything out, graded it, got it all level, and then tilled it, which took like a freaking hour. And oh, then, yeah. dude, it's just so much work. And you don't realize it because it's like, oh, it's just a small little space. It's nothing. Yeah. But, but yeah, I thought about like now that it's so then I laid like weed barrier fabric and all that stuff down got nice clean rows so i could actually do do a uh workout this year you know so i i thought about doing that for sure um so i might need your help with that we yeah could, that'd be fun that'd be cool He's, all you gotta do is just uh email me with your equipment that's available like yeah you know if you got like a video of your garden or whatever yeah send it over and then that gives me an idea of like oh I know what he has available to him. I can make a program based on, based on that. So yeah, cool. And that's fun for me. Cause yeah, I kind of uh, thought about like, do, like the box. Yeah. Have you thought about like hosting, um, or like doing like a live of like your workouts? Cause like, that's what I was thinking is like, you know, if I did a workout in my garden, I would just like put it on live or I don't know, record it. Yeah. Record it and then have people join in, you know, if it's something that you could, cause then, that could always lead to more, you know, people asking. Yeah. I've seen some people do, um, what they'll do is they'll, they'll record a video, like a workout. Yeah. And then they'll put their workout up on their live stream, but then they'll have like their face live stream audio casting Mm. while the video is playing so that they can like talk about the video. Yeah. I don't know how to do that, but that would be pretty cool. Then I could record a workout or you could record a workout and then go live and then have people ask questions. Right. So you're, Oh, you probably have to do, was it on Facebook? No, it was on Instagram. Mm. Trying to think how you would do that. Cause I thought you could host like a watch party or whatever. Yeah. He's probably doing something like this. He probably, I I wonder if he did something like this where it's like a zoom meeting, you know? Yeah. And maybe, it might yeah, be, but never know. there's probably all kinds of stuff coming out now with Instagram video and you right. Know, Cause they're trying to adapt to the quarantine lifestyle too. <laughs> quarantine life. <laughs> yeah. Dude. It's yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's, I guess as long as you've got a job or you can make money, it's cool for sure. Yeah. But, but then it is super, um, it's not like it's boring, but like you just can't, you just, when you realize you can't go anywhere, then it's like, I feel like definitely other people are like they're feeling it and they're like, Oh, I'm going to go any go somewhere just because I can't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a big red button on the wall and people just want to push it and like, just yeah. to see what happens. <laughs> yep. Which is crazy. I can see. Yeah. We've been, you know, we've been walking around outside and whatnot and people yeah. are out there just wearing masks. Yeah. Walking around with gloves and masks. It's wild. Yeah, and I guess if you're if you're outside, it's fine. I feel like as long as you're just not like congregating or like going to the store, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Just taking precautions, just in case. But, but yeah, that's uh. So yeah, I guess that's a good way to adapt to the uh, quarantine life, though. Just yeah, and then you know we've just been trying to do (laughs) things that are, you know, creative that you don't just get to do normally like yeah drawing just pencil sketching how's that going that's going yeah it's pretty cool i got i'm about halfway done with it i'll have to post it up when i'm done yeah cool what else are you guys doing besides the drawing uh i've been uploading videos to youtube Uh, i'm expanding my execution library which is just nice you know a reference point for clients to be able to to look at, Oh, how do I do this movement? Or this is a new movement in my program. How am I going to be able to, Hmm. uh, you know, make sure that they're doing it right. Yeah. And they're just, there's quick videos, 30 to 60 seconds, just get the point across, uh, nothing too in depth, but yeah, doing that. And, uh, you know, just, just the virtual sessions and, and scouring for gym equipment, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Scouring for gym equipment. Finding a lot. Uh I have found two pieces that were pretty cool. So I just nice. got the the weeder adjustable dumbbells, uh, which would be Sweet. nice for me to be able to carry that to the park to train people. Um 
<laughs> so how much weight are you going to be carrying with or I guess it's not like you're walking there or anything though. You're driving. I'll drive. Yeah. And then just put it in my book bag. <laughs> just see it's only farmer, farmer walking. Yeah. <laughs> it's only 70 pounds. So it's not too bad. Yeah. That's not bad. Um, and then I found a Magnum biangular chest press, which is pretty sweet. Biangular. Yeah, so it it converges, which is the best type of uh, arm path that you uh, want for for pec because you're not just driving across; it also comes across the body and then yeah, still Dude, loads I, the chest there. I miss those old machines they had at the Sydney High School. You remember that? Yeah, chest yep. press? That we load, had uh, low decline press, hammer strength decline. Yeah, that was the and, best. Uh, hammer strength incline. And I think the decline was like the ice. I think they're both oh, like yeah. isolateral. I, oh, yeah. I loved the yeah. uh, the incline actually because it was super close. So it hit your in, inner chest. Yeah. Yeah. They had the neutral grip handles you could press up and in. Yeah. Yeah. Because it like gripped here, here, and here. I think. The, uh, the guy that I bought the dumbbell rack for, from, for you is uh, he was in Middletown mm. and he had a whole basement gym full of shit like that wow he had a hammer strength incline press over in the corner nice That's pretty cool yeah damn yeah those are sweet um even like the t-bar t-row machines like those were so simple but those were like like my oh my the chest supported t-bar row yep yeah yeah we had tons of those at, at uh yeah the more i think about high. it sydney high like had like we had like some really good equipment and then they yeah. even redid it again yeah and even better so that's crazy <laughs> they had all hammer strength everything everything was hammer strength yeah just dump yeah just dumped that money in there i guess i don't know yeah they had a Boosters. lot of now that i think about when you really like think you just it. like take it for granted because it's just like oh that's what it is you, you know? just you didn't have any idea either in high school yeah even yeah because even when we went to capital it was like what the hell is this yeah, capital like, was a horrible weight room I had, to, I had to freaking petition to get new dumbbells basically yeah, it's the seventy-fives like, were uh, we do like shoulder presses with seventy-fives and like the dumbbell head was like wobbling, ready to come off because yeah. like, unwelded. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that was the most unsafe. I forgot about how bad it was in the beginning. Cause yeah. they did buy more stuff like my senior year. Yeah. 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 They redid <laughs> it like when we left. Yep. Yeah. Much. That's the way it goes. <laughs> yeah. Same thing yeah. with Sydney. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yep. But, but yeah, I think, uh, today I think I'm going to start off. I'm trying to think what I'm like. I feel like my back is just so massive in comparison to my chest that it feels weird when I lift my back. Cause I'm just like, do I even need to pump? <laughs> like, I feel like lopsided a little bit, you know? Yeah. Cause you do so much like carrying yeah. stuff with in the garden that your back's like, plus you already, you have like genetically bigger traps Yeah, than most like, people. So yeah, it's just like, yeah yeah like dad is a prime example yeah turtle shell turtle shell back (laughs) so what should i hit uh do to hit my lats since i don't have like a pull down what's the best thing that i could do uh do you have bands um like what kind of bands like any like any type of resistance band that would be like appropriate to do like pull downs or Rose. So I've got those uh, monster bands. How heavy? I've got the purple one. I've got the white one. I can't remember what they are. 50 pounds maybe. Yeah, that would be, that'd probably be good. If you could find like an attachment point in your basement. Yeah. Like higher up. And just do single arm. And you could do single arm or if you have like a, uh, yeah, you could put, I don't know, a, uh, broom or something sturdy that's like this <laughs> broom i could just see it you could, <laughs> you could do pull downs like that oh um, yeah but just make sure like when you're doing it that you are like angling your lat to bias those muscle fibers what do you mean uh so like if you do a pull down and you're more like a traditional lat pull down what we think of you know yeah. you're pulling down like overhead and you're pulling down toward the upper chest yep it's all scapula movement, so you're training upper back, whereas the lat pulls your humerus, the upper arm bone, down to the side. Yeah. So when you see somebody doing this, 
their elbows flared. So that's all upper back movement. Mm-hmm. And then of course, you know, elbow flexors and other things are assisting, but for lat down here is going to be more, uh, you know, more biased toward the lat. So you're just saying, so you're just saying lean back basically. Yeah. And then have the intent with the upper arm bone, the humerus of depressing it. So you're reaching you're humorous, depressing, depressing, depressing the humorous. <laughs> yeah, that's, yep. That's the cue you'll hear a lot. <laughs> that's like the, it's like an oxymoron. Yeah. Depress, depress the humorous <laughs> and then drive your elbow down and back. And that's going to bias lat versus upper back movements. You want to not depress. You want to actually m- create some tension in your upper back and then move the arms first and then retract. Because when you retract first, you're creating a bunch of unnecessary tension in the rotator cuffs. Hmm. Yeah, but that could well, be that a makes a whole lot of sense time. now because I feel like I feel like I leaned back when I did like I was thinking about Honda too. Mm-hmm. Like when I when I would do the lat pull downs there, like I probably was going a lot more upper back. But yeah, but then as you go, you almost naturally lean back more. Yeah. And I find that if I go, well, underhand, obviously you're going to be working more lats because you're pulling it down in. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, cause that's what I, cause it almost feels more like maybe even like just like a grip like this. Yep. And that's funny that you did that because those prime fitness handles I have. Oh, allow that, you know, they, they I like are, gripping like that too. They're because adjustable it's like climbing um, grips. Yeah. You know? yeah. Pretty ergonomic. But they're they're adjustable. So ergonomical, like, ergonomically some, correct. <laughs> so they're adjustable. So if you have a big like a big person, like let's just say dad, for example, is doing a, a lat pull down, his arm path might be a little bit more out here. Yeah. Whereas somebody like, you know, a hundred and fifty pound guy might be way in here. Yeah. That's just because of all that extra muscle tissue that, that has to wrap around now. So Yeah interesting so is there something to the what do i need to get bigger lats to fill them out because i feel like i have like like i have it but it feels like very uh it's not full you know so there's three divisions of your lat all right we're getting into it now Uh, yeah (laughs) you have a thoracic division you have the lumbar division and an iliac division Mm. so Damn, so it goes all the way down to your hips? Yeah. It is. A, it stabilizes your spine significantly during movements. So during the audio portion. <laughs> Here we go. During the audio portion, um, if you guys are curious to see the lat fibers, you can hop over to the, uh, the YouTube video as well. So if we just look at a lat, this, let's just say this is the left lat. Okay. All right. It's kind of in this fan shape, right? Yeah. So the humerus would be here and going down. So looking at the different divisions, you can see these run more horizontally. This was the thoracic division. So can you draw the rest of the body? Probably not. I mean, just to show like where it actually connects on the hips and stuff or like where that bottom. Well, bottom uh, just to, just to get the point across that if you're doing more of like a rowing motion like this, yeah. then you're going to bias those fibers. Cause that's the resistance, the resistance is in the line of, of those fibers. Yep. So that would be like the thoracic division. And then once you start to go up, the higher you go up relative to your active range of motion is going to start biasing some of these lower divisions. Okay. So to answer your question, that would be the best thing for you to do would be, you know, start with the bulk of the tissue. So maybe start with the thoracic division. Which is the highest. Which is the, yep, the most uh, superior, the highest one. Uh, which would be more of the rowing motions yeah, and and develop like a really good mind to muscle connection when it comes to the iliac lumbar fibers. Cause a lot of people have a hard time with, you know, engaging 
those muscles because they want to throw the back and other stuff into it and elbow positioning is huge because people will start to use their bicep and elbow flexors to bring the weight down as opposed to driving down with their actual lat tissue so sorry (laughs) so how do you how do you work the lower ones then or or here's a better question so i feel like i have a decent um like a decent amount of muscle but it's like the front the front of the lat that doesn't feel completely full is that the lat or is it like obliques like i feel like i have just a little wing yeah i feel like most people because because they don't know how to engage their lumbar and iliac lat fibers they hypertrophy the the thoracic fibers so much that they you know overdevelop this this muscle tissue right here kind of underneath the armpit yeah 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 and then what you're going to feel in the front of your your lat is going to be your serratus anterior yeah those are just like the like the fibers that go along like your ribs kind of yeah yep and they they attach to your shoulder blade and when your shoulder blades wrap around and protract toward the front of your body yeah the serratus pull those forward gotcha but those aren't involved in like the big bulk of that wing are they Oh uh, no, they'll just, they'll just, you know, when you do stretch your lat out and when you're in the lengthened position, the shoulder blades are going to protract some and the, the yeah. serratus anterior will be responsible for that. And they'll be controlling scapula stability at that point. Okay. So here's Along a better, with other things like triceps and whatnot. Here's a better question than maybe is like, um, cause I feel actually now that I feel it and I can feel myself flexing, I can feel my lats all the way down into my back, you know? Yeah. Right. So is it maybe that I just don't know how to flex it properly? Is it maybe just pro- like not, not having the right setup, right? Yeah. Because your muscle fibers pull in the direction in which they run. Yeah. So if your lats oh. run this way, then the resistance needs to be this way. Now the lumbar and the iliac, divisions are lower like this so you need to have that resistance here so uh pulling basically yep so your torso and, and we were talking about the example with the lat pull down if you're back like this and you pull down you're not going to get a fully lengthened lat because when you come up you're coming up this way whereas if you're leaning more in and the resistance was here so you could be laying on a bench or half kneeling with your torso leaning into the resistance. And then that's going to line up better with those lower lat fibers. Hmm. So basically there's no way to really work it without doing pull downs. Uh, yeah, you could just, you just have to super modify some, I mean, you could like really like a mind muscle bias it some, but Hmm. You know, you're not going to get the best out of it because it's so doing like line up with the resistance of the fibers. Right. So if I'm doing, so would that be like doing lawnmower pulls on a bench versus like leaning on my knee versus, um, I mean, are those angles are going to be enough to work it or is that still just going to be more upper back? Uh, if you're doing a dumbbell row, you can, you can either bias your upper back or your lat. What about turning the dumbbell? So if you that- turn it, and your palm is facing down relative to your body. And most of the time people have this tendency to drive their elbow out. So that's going to be once again, scapula movement. So more upper back. Whereas when people have a neutral grip, they tend to drive the elbow down and back. And that uses more of that thoracic division of the lat. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Cool. And then in regards to, you know, your hand position on the bench or your hand position on your, on your knee or whatever the more points of contact that you have with the bench or um, any support the more stable it's going to be and the more output that you're going to directly have on the muscle tissue Hmm. so if you think about having a bench and stabilizing on a bench and doing a dumbbell row versus not stabilizing on the bench and doing it in like a runner's lunging position yeah the weight that you'll use would be significantly lower on the lunging position because you have all this extra stability 
and it might not be your lat that fatigues. It might be the stabilizers. Hmm. So from a body composition perspective, it'd be better to do it, you know, with more support. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. That's what I've been doing more of anyways, because I used to do them like do dumbbell rows on my leaning on my knee and it was just like so unstable. Yeah. It's real awkward. Like there's no point to doing that really. (laughs) Yeah. So, all right. So one last question on lats and back and stuff. (laughs) If I was going to do dumbbell overhead rows, would you do that on chest day or a back day? So the overhead, the like laying on a pullover. Yeah. Yeah. The pullover is going to work a lot of lengthened lat. Mm. You're stretching all that muscle tissue. And that'll get into some of those lower fibers for you. Oh, okay. Because the resistance is away. Yeah. I've always been like uh, hesitant on doing it because it, it uh, sometimes you can just get out of position with it or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard also because it incorporates your, your costal pecs. So you have three divisions to your pec as well. Yeah. Is, the costal division is the lower fibers. Yeah. So if you think about those lower fibers run up this way. Yeah. All right. So they're running that way. Oh. So think about bottom of your sternum for those of you listening to the audio, bottom of your sternum up to pretty much your armpit. Yep. Where the, the muscle fibers attach. Uh, those are going to be lengthening and stretching when you're going overhead. Yeah. So if you're doing a pullover, stretching the lat, you're stretching the costal pec, and then, you know, triceps are stabilizing, et cetera. Yeah. So, so if it, if it works your pec, would it be like bad if you did it? Um, like if you did it, uh, you did a chest day on Monday, you're doing back on Tuesday or Wednesday. Is that going to affect you at all? It can, especially depending on what exercises you choose to do for chest on Monday. So yeah, if I was doing a dumbbell pullover on Tuesday, on Monday I had chest, I would probably bias most of my pressing vertical. So I'd do like a clavicular pec, which is like upper chest, and maybe I'd do some some sternal pec. Okay. Uh, if I did sternal pec, then I'd probably bias more of a short position. So that the next day on Tuesday, depending on what training phase I'm in, but just as a general idea, uh, then you can bias a lengthened costal pec yeah. in the next day without it having too much effect because you're not going to be doing a bunch of lengthened uh, sternal pec on Monday, which will affect your performance on costal pec on Tuesday. Gotcha. So it doesn't have anything to do with like soreness. It's basically what muscles you're actually working uh, like, I mean, soreness yeah. can be a good indicator, but I think they're, you know, you have to realize that if you start a new training program where you start doing new movements, it's a novel or new stimulus to you. So you're going to be a little bit more apt to getting yeah. sore. So, yeah, cause I always think about that too. And I'm just like, you know, I, I remember there was days like when we ran track where we were, I was so sore the next day where I'm just like, how the hell am I even supposed to run my warm up lap? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then, then it's like, you know, when you do a workout, it's not just about killing yourself and making yourself sore. It's yeah. about stimulating whatever it is that you want to stimulate and then allowing recovery. Yeah. Rather than annihilating. And then recovery is twice as long. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or you decide to work out again when you're still sore and then slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've figured that out too. I don't know if it's like, I, I think that when you work out on your own and when you're doing less weight and more like focus on function and stuff like that, like for me anyways, um, like there's a different intensity when you're working out by yourself too, I think. Yeah. But like I've gone more from being like, okay, I don't really care if I can do, you know, two, you know, squat 275 for 10 reps. Like I don't really care. I Right. Like, I'm probably going to get the same thing out of like 225 or 245 and like just be more, I don't know, just not like trying to be like soften it up, but just like focusing on the pure function and pure form because yeah. like so much, so often that you, you worry about like, Oh, I need to get 10 reps that you do eight good reps and then two shitty reps. Yep. So I've just like really started to focus more on like function form and feeling. Yeah. And then it's, you know, 
people who constantly try and like overload like that, yeah, they end up doing exactly what you said. And usually they're training like over their recovery threshold. Yeah. So it, it is just a slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, you can feel it too. Like when, you know, I would do it, I would just overdo it. And then there, I'd just be like, all right, I just need to take a, a week break, you know? Yeah. Or you, and you that's can like why I feel that tension, like in your chest and neck and stuff. And for myself, I, I really like to train, you know, four or five times a week rather than five or six times a week, because yeah. that way my performance is, you know, still pretty high. Yeah. As I'm allowing myself to recover and then also using stuff like RPE, the rate of perceived exertion. So that like, yeah, when you start a new training program, you're not going to failure on the first week. Yeah. Cause then how are you going to improve from that? Yeah. True. But that, cool. that definitely helps. And you know, for people in the intermediate advanced stages, the rate of perceived exertion is definitely a valuable tool. So how do you determine that? Like, what does that even mean? Uh, so the rate of perceived exertion would be how hard or how much effort you have to put into things. Yeah. So like in the powerlifting community, they say stuff like, and the bodybuilding community, they say, you know, if you're at an RPE of eight based on a scale of one to 10, if you had an RPE of eight, that means you could have done two more reps. Oh, Okay. If you're at an RPE of nine, you could have done one more rep. If you're at an RPE of 10, you probably couldn't have done any other good reps, you know, quality form and all that. Right. Um, it, it can be used in conjunction with RIR, which is reps in reserve. It's just a flip. Oh, okay. So two reps in reserve is the same thing as an RPE of eight. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Good deal. Um, Shit, I can't remember what I was going to say now. I had something. In but yeah, for, for RPE, uh, you know, I follow people like Mike Isertel and people who are proponents of using the RPE scale to drive hypertrophy. And uh, Brad Schoenfeld's another one. But, uh, you know, they talk about up to, if you leave four reps in reserve, you know, you're still training hard. Yeah. But it's like feels sub-maximal, so... Yeah. They've seen research to show that, you know, if you start a training program with four reps in reserve, you do gain muscle tissue. Hmm. So why not take advantage of that and then go to three, two, yeah. one. And that's just like Renaissance periodizations, general template when it comes to hypertrophy, uh, being an N one, things are a little bit different when it comes to hypertrophy and stimulus and it's more, um, direct stimulus. Hmm. So, yeah, I um I feel like I don't I don't use that specifically, but I kind of like do it intuitively maybe. Yeah. Um but do you yeah, I, I mean there's so many different paths you could go down with that, but um so what are you doing there or is this week your uh still your like park workouts and outside workouts and stuff? Yeah. But yeah. here's the thing about that. Uh you know, typical deloads, you could have deloads from a training program and that deload could just be going from a strength-based program to a metabolic program for a week mm. and then you go back into whatever it is that your your next program is going to be and that deloads you from the stress that you were just going through with neurological training yep versus sometimes you might need to deload and actually deload and use recovery as like the main stimulus for you gotcha so just think about like different pathways of hypertrophy and then think about like, you know, if you constantly run the same pathway, you're not going to get the same results time and time again. Right. Eventually it's like, okay, you've exhausted that pathway. Now it's time to deload that pathway, do something different yeah. for a ex short period of time, resensitize and then, you know, go into whatever it is that's planned for your next phase. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause it's like, that, that is kind of funny because it's like, I feel like in uh, just in life in general, people always go for like the path of least resistance. Yeah. And then like, if you fall into that, you can't fall into that with lifting. Like you literally have to find the hardest path yeah. sometimes like, yep. <laughs> or have to reinvent the wheel a little bit to uh, trigger different muscles or different responses in your body almost. Yeah. And that's, that's the stuff that I'm getting into now. It's pretty, makes it pretty fun. Yeah. That's cool. 
I feel like it does it take like a lot of tracking. I mean, kind of like to once you get to that point of like looking at this kind of stuff though. I mean, yeah. And then, you know, since I'm, you know, relatively new to this stuff, uh, what I'm going to end up doing is running a, I've got, you know, four programs in my mind that I'm going to be doing. It's going to be metabolic hypertrophy, metabolic strength. Hmm. See how that goes. And then, you know, if I have pretty good results with that. um, And then of course, you know, these are calculated thought out plans so that, um, I can continue my goals of gaining muscle. Yeah. So but, what's, uh, what's the difference between I'll, metabolic and hypertrophy? Metabolic's more cardiovascular demanding, glucose uh, demanding, and it's quicker paced. So think of think of something like uh, eight eight fifteen. You know, that's they call it more sarcoplasmic hypertrophy, hmm. uh, which is the sarcomeres, the fluid in the muscle. You know, that's expanding. Uh, that's not as long term as something like regular hypertrophy programs because regular hypertrophy programs, uh, hypertrophy, the contractile muscle tissue, which tends to stick around longer and it's functional. So contractile muscle tissue can get stronger. Whereas, you know, sarcoplasmic hypertrophy, you can't get stronger with that. Hmm. It's just grow, you know, growing the fluid essentially in the muscle so what's the purpose of that uh you get all kinds of benefits like mitochondrial adaptations uh, your liver gets better at processing the lactic acid um myonuclear domains increase which i'm not too familiar with yet hmm. uh, but you can see how some of these these things like increased mitochondrial adaptations can potentiate further hypertrophy programs in the, in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So So they're kind of like building on each other. Yeah. So when you say eight, eight, 15, what is like, if you were doing that for bench, would that be like eight, eight reps, 60 second rest, eight reps, 60 second rest, 15 reps with the same weight? So a typical protocol for 8815 is oxidative stress and that's metabolic. So yeah. To think about metabolic, each movement can be biased more toward metabolic or it could be not as metabolic. So something like a fly is more metabolic and mm-hmm. that's a cable fly versus something like a dumbbell fly. Why is that? Because the cable fly emphasizes the resistance in the short position of the muscle where you're squeezing. Whereas a dumbbell fly, you do a dumbbell fly and the resistance is the heaviest at the, at the end range, the length and position. So, excuse me, when you're stretching a muscle under load, you're creating more damage, more mechanical damage. It's tearing more muscle fibers, creating more inflammation Hmm. versus squeezing the muscle like in a uh, cable fly there's not as much damage being created. There's more lactic product. Gotcha. More lactic acid, more metabolites where you're, you know, those lactic acid and everything has to kind of shuttle to the liver. The liver has to process it. The liver can't handle it. That's when people throw up. <laughs> For real. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Cause you're, you're that lactic acid that your liver's processing. If it can't process it, it'll shuttle all that lactic acid into your, uh, GI track. Hmm. Yeah. Thing. Pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. But yeah, oh my is God. I hate, I hate, uh, mail on Apple. Why? It just keeps popping up into my screen, like half screening me. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking? Oh my God. I'm about to blow up the, uh, the little Eagle thing at the bottom. Yeah, but it keeps popping up half screen on me and like put it pushing my Zoom call over to, so it's half screen. Mm. Anyways, they did it like seven times, so I might have to edit that portion out. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But interesting. Okay, so yeah, there's a lot more uh, to it than I thought, but yeah, I guess I don't have uh, 
all of those capabilities for that stuff. So if, can you even do that kind of stuff if you don't have, uh, you know, all I have is like dumbbells. So I, I can just do like dumbbell, you know, flies and presses and yeah. But you could also invest in, you know, 20, 30, $40 bands. Oh, and just use that. So I've seen stuff like I've seen people who have done uh, dumbbell flies, but then they attach like red bands to the dumbbells on opposite sides. So when they go out, the band deloads. So they get this lengthened position for the muscle with the dumbbells. Oh, come in, the band stretch, and then they get more of that short position. Nice. So they're you know bands are a good option for. So you can yeah. You just don't know short. necessarily like the true weight, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. But Not if like you can do anyway. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> stay tuned, everybody. Maybe we'll uh, get some bands and have you do like a metabolic program in the basement or get, get a program yeah. going for you for long term. Yeah, I think we should. That'd be cool. That'd be fun. Yeah, I think today... Um, I don't know. Today I'm just going to hammer out some back and biceps, probably just go high reps and <laughs> not very, uh, scientific. Yeah. But sometimes, I mean, that's not, you know, you don't have to. Yeah. Crazy programs. This is, it's not entirely necessary, but if you want to make, you know, best use of your time, most optimal, most optimized or yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. And like for me, you know, it's taken me a while to, to understand all this stuff, but it also keeps things very interesting. Yeah, for sure. If you've done a program, you've ran it for seven, eight weeks. It's like, <sighs> yeah, change of pace. Dude, plus, I feel like everybody always thinks that, oh, you, you know, once you get to a certain level, then you have things figured out, like whether it's bodybuilding, weightlifting or gardening or whatever. You think people think that it's like, okay, this is how it's supposed to be forever. And it's like, that's not the case. You never know everything. Yeah. Exactly. There's always something else. Yeah. And, you know, just keeping an open mind is, is the biggest thing when it comes to, to this. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, there's so much research out there now and there's so many people who are saying conflicting things, but yeah, you have to just have an open mind and try things out and learn as much as you can when you're doing it. And and then that makes you a better coach too, because then, you know, you can, speak to people on different levels or whatever level they they happen to be at. Right. Right. Yeah. Plus, yeah. Plus not everyone wants to do things a certain way or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So it's good to know that there are like actual options that'll work out. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Well, dude, I think we are getting pretty good. That was a pretty good, uh, pretty good little session there. I feel like yeah, we it was knowledge packed in there. Like, um, but yeah, I think uh do you want to do you have any like final thoughts before we uh mm. get out of here? If you guys do need any help with programming, just hit me up. Uh you guys can find me on Instagram at Adam Neth. Uh you can find me on YouTube, just type in Adam Neth. And um my email address is Adam Fitnesscoaching at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out with any questions. Um, Damn, sun's coming out over there. <laughs> yeah, it's not looking too bad. I, the it just like got it just went. <laughs> yeah, it's still like kind of peeking through a cloud, but yeah, it's, it'll be nice when we get more sunshine. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, we can link everything up in the description and um, and then if you, you know, guys have questions, just like drop drop the question below. Yep, and uh, we would be happy to do another podcast because uh we got all the time in the world yeah <laughs> we also i think it'd be cool to kind of do this kind of thing on like a live stream too yeah like uh like how we did on instagram the other day that was kind of fun like yeah like if we could get this on instagram if anybody knows how to do that let us know well i mean we could just do a live and then i could invite oh yeah you, you could share it to me right yeah, yeah. or you could cool. do it and invite me in since you have more people <laughs> yeah we could do it that way Cause I did my first live the other day and I think I got like five or like, I don't know, 15 people. Nice. Or <laughs> I've never yeah. done a live. So we'll yeah, see. cool. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. We'll definitely follow up with that. But, uh, but yeah, if you guys have any questions, you can always uh, feel free to call in to the stations. If you're listening on anchor, drop us a comment, uh, here or on any of our social channels. Uh, what's your handle at Adam Neff? Yep. 
and I'm at gardening the number four gains. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening in or watching everybody. And uh, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll see uh, see more of you later on, Adam. Yeah, definitely. Sounds good. <laughs> Quarantine life. That's right. All right, dude. Yeah, me too. All right. All right. We'll see you later. Peace. Thanks for listening, everybody.